Welcome to Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. We provide content to help men become the men they want to be. My name is Brent, and I am the Fallible Man. I'm not perfect. I don't have all the answers, but I am on a journey just like you. Maybe we can help each other. Maybe we can be on the same journey just to be better men. On today's show, we're going to talk about the all-too-common, horrible advice of do what you love. We'll talk about why this is a horrible idea, why you should, what you should do instead, and stick around in the end and get to the bottom line of why this is horrible advice. If you believe in what we're doing here and want to be a part of it, head over to my Patreon directly or link through my website. Our supporters have direct input on content and what we're doing on the show. So if you want to uh, give us some ideas and help us decide what we should make shows about, Head on over to my Patreon. Guys, we're going to run the intro real quick, and we'll be right back. This is the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowling. All right, guys. Welcome back. I am Brent. I am the Fallible Man. Hey, grab your cup of coffee or uh, whatever you drink. We all know I'm a coffee lover here. So I hear this all the time on TV and social media and in every bright-eyed up-and-comer. I've, I've told you in previous shows that I have had the experience of hiring a lot of people and being a lead or uh, I don't want to call it a manager, but you know, part of the hiring team. <clears throat> Hired and trained a lot of people over the years. And I always see some wide-eyed young kid come in, and sooner or later I hear the same line. And it's a beautiful dream, but it is, I want to do what I love. Do what you love and never work a day in your life, right? That's the, that's the big dream. Confucius actually said that. As far as we know, he was probably the first, but it's been parroted over millions of times and millions of different people over the years. I've seen that saying attributed to so many people who actually, well, let's face reality. They they followed up with somebody else on what they said. Wasn't their idea. But as far as we can tell, that traces back to Confucius. And it was, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. And it is a beautiful sentiment. Now, I'm 40 years old. It's not very old. Uh, some of you guys listening maybe have a lot more experience than I do. And I'd be interested to hear what you think about this idea. But one thing I have learned in my time is I've, I've been working since I was uh, 16, I think. And I've had a handful of jobs I really enjoyed. But I've never had one I loved. I have known a lot of people who have started businesses doing things they love. And it doesn't always turn out real well. Part of the reason is because when you take something you love and turn it into a daily task that others have input into, then it stops being easy to love it. Right? You love it the way you love it. And now, I mean, now is a really interesting time in history because you actually have an opportunity to chase this concept 
way more than any generations or any groups before us have. Um, there are new and creative ways to monetize things that have never made money before. Like I said, forgive the intro, but, you know, Patreon. Patreon has enabled people to make content for a living. And that might be a podcast and a YouTube channel like I run and uh, all my other social media. Or maybe you're an artist and people just love your art. And there are artists on Patreon who make their living because people love what they do. So people are paying them for their content and to produce their content. And it's amazing. Maybe you create something. Maybe you sew something or you design something or you hand build something. There are ways to monetize things that have never existed before in this amazing internet era. So you see a lot of people tracing this uh, tracing. <laughs> you see a lot of people chasing this dream of doing something they love. And I'm all for that, guys. Um, I love creating content. I love doing the show, actually. I, uh, it's nice to have something I'm passionate about because for years I've just worked a job and I still go to work and I still work a 40 to 60 hour work week every week. This is something I do on the side. Um, would it be great one day if this is all I could do or all I had to do? That would be pretty cool. But I'd still be doing this even if I go to work 60 hours a week because I enjoy doing this. And people are, are, if you've got a big enough audience, you can get by doing just whatever now. But there are some drawbacks to chasing this dream. The first reason that this is really stupid advice is the fact that it doesn't account for age and time. The world is a constantly changing place. If I had said a decade ago that one day, very soon, you would be able to make a living doing something that provides no value other than the arts kind of value. Um, whether you're a painter or an artist of some kind, I, I say artist because I have a few friends who are, and I'm envious. Art has never been one of my strong suits. And I, I love looking at their drawings, and I love their creations, and they're beautiful. I'm envious. Here's a, here's a confession, guys. I wanted to be a tattoo artist. That, that would have been just so cool to me to be a tattoo artist. And I love my tattoo artist. He's amazing. He does incredible work. But stick figures are a challenge for me. So I really quickly determined that that just wasn't something for me. Even after a few art classes, I just I realized that an artist or a tattoo artist, in my case, should have been able to draw. So I had to back away from that. But, you know, right now you can do cool things, but that's now. Ten years ago, it wasn't as big of a possibility to be able to use your art to make a living. That has come with the advancement of technology. That has come with the advancement of the Internet and platforms where you can share and platforms where you can ask people to support you if they love what you're doing. That is a really new thing in this era. And it's very cool. I'm very excited about it. Um, there are a lot of independent artists, like musicians and, you know, like paint kind of artists and authors and people who contribute beautiful things to society who now have a chance that they never had before. Being a independent self-published artist used to be one of the, or 
some authors, let me back that up. Being an independent self-published author used to be just people made fun of you for it because it was almost impossible for you to sell books. Now, there are multiple platforms. If you dream of writing a book, there are multiple platforms where you can be a self-published author. And there are some major bestsellers. Grant Cardone self-published his first two books, and I think the first three, but I'm sure about the first two books. When no one knew who he was, he wrote and published, self-published, his first two books. They are international bestsellers at this point. And he's not the only one. There are other people. I just haven't done recent research on it, so I don't want to spew off many names. Uh, I can tell you Robert Kiyosawa, uh, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad author. That was a self-published book. It's an international bestseller. It is a definitive work on finance. So it's an exciting time, but time changes, right? Say you start doing something you love right now, and right now you can make a living that. In 10 years, is there still going to be a market for that? That is the question. Is there still going to be platforms for that? Or will your dream be able to grow with changing platforms? Is it scalable? Is the world changes as things change? As platforms change and grow and become something different? Facebook today is very different than Facebook 10 years ago, right? We didn't have Instagram 10 years ago, if I know of. Maybe we did, I don't know. I'd have to look that up. But platforms are changing and times are changing and taste change. Things coming out of style, right? I grew up in the 90s. Um, I was born in 79. I grew up in the 90s. In my formative years where I was really starting to make my own choices and saggy jeans, but not any saggy jeans. Levi's silver tab saggy jeans were the thing. That's what you, man, that was it. Nothing else mattered. You weren't cool without them. Con All-Stars were poor kid's shoes. They were shoes that families that not didn't have a lot of money could easily afford. They were like $10 Payless shoes. I grew up in Con All-Stars because we didn't have the most money. Not a problem. They were still great shoes. Now they're what, $70 shoes? I was so blown away the first time I saw a pair of Con All-Stars, the poor kid shoes, the shoes I had to wear because I couldn't afford Nike Airs. Going for 70 bucks a pop for really basic Con All-Stars, that was crazy to me. Fads change. Unfortunately, sagging has kind of come and gone, but it's never totally gone away. And that, that just needs to change. That's horrible, guys. Don't sag your pants. But trends change. So if you fall into doing something you love and there's a market for it now, where that will that market exist in 10 years? That's, that's a really important question to ask. And is it scalable as things change? Hey, guys, if you're getting something out of this, by the way, be sure and subscribe. Leave us a... Uh, review on apple Podcasts that would be awesome share this content if you guys would just share this content it would like triple my audience over 70 percent of the people who listen to my show are not subscribers so be sure and share us with your friends if you're on youtube hit the bell get the little bell notice and you'll get notice uh you'll get a notice every time i publish something but guys share the content if you're getting something out of it and let's keep going the second reason 
this is stupid advice. The world is fickle and this markets change. Not only do markets change, and platforms change and fads change, which we already covered, but your tastes are changing. I touched started touching on it in the first got my two points mixed up. What is popular now for you? What is a passion project now for you? Will not likely be your same passion project, right? If you start trying to make a living doing what you love, say you're 20 years old. Okay, let's start there. Or hey, they're starting even younger. I mean, my kids have their own t-shirt shop on Redbubble and are selling t-shirts. They're six years old and eight years old, so I'm really proud of them. But what you love now, like the shirt designs they're making now, I promise they'll be making very different shirt designs in 10 years because my oldest daughter will be 18. And there's a lot of difference between an eight-year-old and an 18-year-old. Likewise, there's a lot of difference between a 20-year-old and a 30-year-old. 30-year-old and a 40-year-old. So on and such forth, right? As life continues, your taste and what's important to you changes. And what you enjoy changes. At 40 years old, I'm just not as into some of the things I like to do when I was 20 and some of the things I thought I was passionate about at 20 years old. Now, do I still enjoy some of that? Absolutely, okay? I'm not saying that everything is going to change. There will be drastic changes to a lot of it. I don't have a lot of activities I did when I was 20 that I still do. I work out. I still ride a motorcycle. And I still love Diablo. Sorry, like the video game. I love Diablo 3. I haven't played in months. But I love playing Diablo. I've been playing since the first one. But honestly, guys, that is the only three things I still regularly do that I did when I was 20 years old. Your taste and your passions will change. So what you love doing right now isn't something that's in for the longevity. Now, the third reason that this is a really stupid idea is what happens when it tanks? What happens when it fails? I hate to be a downer, especially since I'm in the first year of business myself, but over 70% of new businesses fail in the first year, mostly from financial issues, but over 70% of new businesses fail in the first year. Restaurants, if you like to cook, that that number is astronomical. That's most restaurants. Like over, I want to say, don't quote me on this, I could be wrong. I want to say like 90% of new restaurants fail in the first year. Those may not be the exact figures. I'm sorry if I misquoted that, but it's pretty high. Even more so than just regular business. And 70% of New businesses failing is a pretty staggering number. Sorry if that was a hard S&T. Software only takes out so much. But what happens when it fails? What do you fall back on? What do you have if you came out the gate doing something you're passionate about, doing something you love as a living, and it fails? Well, what do you have to fall back on? What's plan B? Because a lot of people don't have a plan B, especially when we're younger between you know our teens and our early 20s we're all in there's not a plan b there's not a backup and so what is your plan b what happens when something you love fails when you can't make a living doing it when you bankrupt yourself trying to make a living doing it what are you going to do next what is going to be that thing that you fall back on 
to catch you. And I, guys, don't get me wrong, I'm all for being all in. But if you don't have something to fall back on, what are you going to do? We're going to roll our mid-show clip right now. Our, I'm still my biggest advertiser at Common Man OCR. Uh, is one of my sponsors, and I appreciate him and his faith in me. But I'm still my biggest sponsor, so we're going to roll the ad clip right now, guys. If you're listening to the audio show, enjoy it. If you're listening to the video show, I hope you get a kick out of it. And uh, we'll be back in just a second. Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.TheFallibleMan.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content, and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at TheFallibleMan or at FallibleMan on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our Attitude Swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.thefallibleman.com. All right, guys, we're back. And my last down or big downer for why this is a really stupid idea is when you love something, having that passion, losing that passion really sucks. Let me give you an example, right? I love to cook. I uh, will brag on myself. I'm actually a pretty good cook. I've never had anybody dispute me who said that, who's had my food. I'm actually a pretty, pretty good cook. Um, in fact, I've had many people push me. It's like, why don't you open a restaurant? Why don't you open a restaurant? I'm not schooled in culinary. It's just I grew up cooking all the time. I had a lot of influence in my life from cooking and a lot of interest in it. And so I became very good at cooking. I cook Italian food and I cook Spanish, Mexican food and I cook Asian dishes and American dishes. And I mean, I cook pretty much the full array. And I've had a lot of people ask me why I don't open my own restaurant. I've had friends in the restaurant industry. I had friends who opened a, res a restaurant. They had a spectacular restaurant. I loved eating there. The food was amazing. But it also wears on you doing the same thing you love day after day after day. And even worse, when your passion is impacted by having to please other people. And that is my biggest reason why I didn't actually ever want to be a professional cook or own my restaurant is when I cook something, it's something I'm passionate about and I love doing it. And I love how it tastes and I know exactly how it's going to taste because it's my recipe or because I've cooked it before or because I know exactly how I cook it. When you own a restaurant, you have to put up with all of you annoying people who come in and say, eh, you know, can I have a, I, I want this, but I want this on the side and, uh, oh, and none of this, put, just, just leave this off the plate and I want to change this to this and special orders suck. Special for all you guys who work in the kitchen. I'm so sorry for you guys. Special orders suck. And it detracts from what the artist, because a chef is truly an artist. It detracts from what the artist made. Yes, it may have things in it you don't normally eat, but unless you have an allergy in it to it, leave it alone and try the food, man. 
just dill. Leave it alone and try it the way the cook, the chef envisioned it. It's going to be better food, but I would not do that. Like I, it, my kitchen, you can ask anybody who's ever been in my kitchen. My kitchen is my kitchen and it's going to go my way. And I'm going to do it my way and make exactly what I want to make, how I want to make it. And if you get in my kitchen, I will throw you out. And I will not cook you a special order unless you have allergies. And if you don't like what I make, don't eat it. And if you come in and complain about the way I'm cooking something, I will walk out of the kitchen and you can take over. It's what I'm passionate about. I don't want anybody messing with it. And so that's one of the dangers of doing something you love as a job because you have to sell your product. You have to sell yourself, which means you have to appease whatever your audience is or whoever your customers are. And if they don't like it the way you do it, you have to make it the way they want it or you're hosed. Bad, bad, bad. You have to have happy customers and clients or no one buys and then you're out of business. But let me give you some better advice, okay? The first half of the show is a downer. I know, I'm raining on people's parade. I'm sorry about that. But it's reality, guys. I've worked with so many young people who said the same thing, and I watch so many young people be so miserable as they tell me, it's like, oh, I want to do what I love for a living. It's like, oh, great. How are you going to make a living doing that? Sweet. Um, okay, yeah. Call me when you need a job. I'll hook you up. So let me give you some better advice. And yes, I think Confucius and a billion other people, Confucius, Confucius, I still can't talk right. I think Confucius and a billion other people are stupid and wrong. Okay, I really think this is some of the worst advice we ever give people. It's dumb. It is just a fail guaranteed. Let me give you some better advice. If I'm wrong, hey, let me know in the comments if you think I'm wrong. But I, I have a plan for you. Guys, if you're taking notes, take notes. This is the time. First, create a plan. Yes, I want you to love your life and be happy. And I also want you to have a roof over your head and provide for your family. Okay, my show is predominantly for men, husbands, and fathers. I'm grateful for anybody who listens to this, but guys, there is a term called preside. I think I said that right. I probably screwed that one up too. If you go over to the Order of Man channel, his thing is uh, preside, provide, and protect. Sorry. Preside is the wrong word. Provide is the word I was looking for. His thing is preside, provide, and protect. That's what men should do. Provide means that you provide for your family, right? That's a really simple idea. I want you to be able to provide for your family. I want you to be happy and do what you want to do to some extent, but I want you to be able to provide for your family. Food on the table, roof overhead, clothes on bodies, basic necessities met. So I want you to create a plan. Okay, I want you to identify what it is you love, what you're passionate about. This thing that you, I, I want to do what I love. Okay, identify what that thing is. After you've identified that and write it down, I want you to also identify a skill that produces income that you wouldn't lose your mind doing for hours, guys. I'm not saying something you have to like. I'm not saying something you have to get joy out of. Something that you can do 
without it dragging you down emotionally and mentally. Okay? A skill, whether that's a computer industry skill or a technology-based skill, or maybe it's, you know, Joe the plumber. Guys, plumbers get paid really well. Plumbers who do good work and stick with the trade make a lot of money. It's a very necessary skill. Um, I'm a huge fan of Mike Rowe. Mike Rowe, I've listened to him testify in front of Congress repeatedly. And Mike Rowe has a really good grounding on this. Trade jobs pay bills. And there's a, an empty open market. There are so many openings in the trades. That's a skill. Maybe it's a medical profession. Maybe it's a skill in a medical profession. I don't care. Find a skill that you can learn that will produce income. Something you can do. Something you can start doing. Something you can always fall back on. Learn that skill. Go to a trade school or get an online education, which is cheaper and faster than college has ever been. Doing it online is amazing these days. Learn that skill. Okay? While you're learning that skill, identify how you can take what you love and do, what you love to do, what you're passionate about, and figure out how you can build a side hustle doing it. Not your primary income. Learn that skill. Develop earned income with a quality skill that you can do and still feel good at the end of the day. And identify how you can use your passion as a side hustle. Once you have all that together, implement your plan. Okay, Find an employer where you can use your primary skill. Get that earned income started. You will build expertise, hands-on experience, and it will make you more valuable over time as you grow in this role. And that will be earned income. While you're doing that, start building a side hustle with whatever you're passionate about, whatever it is you love. That thing that you would love to do, as Confucius says, find something you love and you will never work a day in your life. Find that thing, guys. Now that you have a primary income, an earned income that is paying bills, start that high side hustle. Figure out how to implement that. Start small. It doesn't have to be huge. Figure out how you can start it without even costing you any money. There's a lot of ways to start a side hustle that don't cost money to start. Figure out how and start developing your space, start developing your expertise, use social media and start developing your role and your expertise in the field and become that it person on social media for this as a side hustle while you're working your full-time job. Now, along the journey, you may find out that you love your skill job that you took on and that may become what you're primarily passionate about. And this is always a side thing. Your other I love this, may become an always a side thing. And that's okay too, okay? It doesn't have to be the main thing. You may find that that skill, maybe you love being an electrician or Joe the plumber. Who knows? Now that you've got a solid income coming in, now that you've got a steady job and you've started your side hustle, you can start to grow that side hustle. While the job may not be your biggest dream, you have solid income coming in. You'll need income to build that, I love it, into something bigger than a side hustle. Even into a useful side hustle, you will need some income coming in. 
You have to pay your bills. You have to make money. You have to feed people. You have to have clothes. You have to have a vehicle, right? You have bills to pay. So while you're earning income in a job that you can always fall back on, that will provide for you solid skills, start building that side hustle. You're financially stable. Whether you found a passion in this new job or not, you have financial stability and you can start really developing that side hustle. If you've been doing it smart, you've already established a presence in social media and other places where you are a subject matter expert, where you are somebody who is looked up to. You could be building this following the entire time while you're learning your new primary job, while you get started in your primary job. Take your free time and the money you're making that you can invest in it, and now you can really start building the foundation of your dream job. Start ramping up. Start growing it with other abandon because you are stable and secure. And now you can grow this thing into something more. You can grow it into something that may become your primary hustle, your primary job. It may become your earned income, and that would be awesome. But no matter what the market does, no matter what fads change, no matter what changes about it, you have a reliable job that you can fall back on, or even if you've left that job and your side hustle has become your primary thing, which is really cool, you also have skills if that tank dries up, or if things get hard, or the market changes, or the platforms change, or you get burnt out, you have a skill. You can go back, even if you left that primary job, you can go back and get a job doing the same thing because you have years of experience and the skill set to do it. And you have something to keep you safe. And you have something, and people will tell you, I, I've heard so many people like, oh, you know, just go all in, don't be safe. Those people don't have anything to lose, or at least they don't think they do. And if you don't have anything to lose, then you don't have anything worth doing all this trouble for anyway. Guys, here's my last thoughts. I'm trying to keep this one short. So here's why this is the absolute worst advice. You've stuck with me this long, and I appreciate you sticking with me. I hope you took notes. I hope you can grow that side hustle, and that maybe one day that can be what you do. But this is the worst advice because you'll always be working for somebody. Whether it's yourself or an employer or a customer, whatever you love, you will always be working for somebody. Even if you own your own business, you're still working for somebody. You're working for the customers. You're working for your clients. Because if they stop buying it, then you're screwed. So you're still working until you are at a point financially where you don't have to worry about that. If your customers stop buying it, fine. It doesn't matter. I can stop doing this job tomorrow and I'm fine for the rest of my life. Hey, that's a great place to be. But as long as you still have bills to pay, you will always work for somebody. And it might be for you and it might be for the IRS. And, but other people are always going to be taking from you. Until you reach a point where all of it could dry up, you can never make a do another dime, and you still be perfectly fine. And so, as long as that is the case, you will have to compromise some on what you love, and having to compromise on what you love as a passion, as I'm doing what I love, 
having to compromise over and over and over again so you can sell your product, sell your food, make your clients happy, make clothes that sell, make food that sells, make whatever will make you bitter about what you love. And what you love, this is why I never became a restaurant owner, is it will take the joy right out of it if you are reliant on that. If you have another income coming in it can do it as a passion project, then if someone doesn't want it, you can be like, I don't care. Well, do you want to do, can, can I special order it? No, you can eat it this way. You can get out of my restaurant. No, I, I only make this product this way because it's the best way. And I know you think you know something better, but I don't care. Go buy it from somebody else. That freedom with the, what you love is huge. So that is the number one reason is somebody's always going to be asking you to compromise and it will make you better. Guys, create a plan, implement that plan, and then start growing, building your side hustle as a passion project. Then you don't ever have to worry about finances ruining what you love doing. You don't have to worry about customers ruining what you love doing. You don't have to compromise then because you are solid and foundationally secure. Guys, tell me what you think. Let me know if you enjoyed this show. Tell me in the comments. Leave me a review. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, I am arrogant enough to say that Confucius was an idiot. That's why the show is about. Guys, be better tomorrow because of what you do today. I am Brent. I'm the Fallible Man, and I'll see you next time. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.